of the Holy Spirit and how the Holy Spirit is given to us to help influence us. And this is according to what Jesus told us about the Holy Spirit in John chapter 16, verse 13. He says, however, when he, the Holy Spirit, the truth has come, he will guide you into all truth. For he will not speak of his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak. And he will tell you the things that are to come. So we understand that he is working to bring about that influence in our life. Because if he's leading and guiding us into truth, but then he also went on to tell us in John chapter 6, 14, he says that the Holy Spirit would come. And what he would do is he's going to teach us. He was our guide and our teacher. That the Holy Spirit, the helper, who was the Holy Spirit, who the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things. Watch this and bring it back to your remembrance, all the things that I told you. And here's the thing, we said this on Tuesday night, that the Holy Spirit is your supernatural memory. He is your supernatural memory agent because Jesus said that he will bring back to your remembrance the things that Jesus taught you. But you got to understand, he cannot bring back to your remembrance what you didn't learn. Yeah, that's right. That's right. If you haven't spent any time in your word, feeding right. on the word, he can't bring it back because a comeback, you have to hurt at first come, right? He can't come back if it never first came. So he, we understand that the influence the Holy Spirit has in teaching us and bringing it back to our remembrance is, is hinged upon us having had some word in us. Then we, then we call the Holy Spirit, we named him the great uh, uh, influencer because we understand that if that's what he's in our life to do, to influence us, to, come, to teach us and lead us and guide us, he's here to also influence us. And I'm going to spend a little time on my back to you because I need to look back here. Our projector back there is out, and I need to look here to make sure that my slide is changed. So, so, so please forgive that. Amen? So he is the great influencer. Amen? As they said, there we go. The Holy Spirit is the great influencer. The word influence means the capacity to affect the character, the development, and or the behavior of someone or something. So the Holy Spirit is given that he might influence how you do what you do. Uh -huh. See, the thing is, we got to have God godly character. That's something yeah. that's missing a lot of today. Yeah. That people have titles, but they don't have godly character. Right. That's right. That's they've right. ascended through, they've matriculated through the ranks, and they become the, the lead person, but they don't have the character to go with their position. That's right. And we have begun to elevate talent and gift over character. That's right. That's right. The Holy Spirit is there to influence, and as a great influencer, he help, He affects how we do what we do. He affects who we are. Because character, by definition, is who you are when nobody's looking. That's right. Are you still the same uh -huh. when the lights go down and when, the, when we're no longer on the stage? The Holy Spirit is a great influencer, so we understand him to be such. The next thing here we understand is that the Holy Spirit, excuse me, is given to lead and guide. So he's the lead and guide. Let's go back one. There we go. He leads and guides. We understand that from Matthew chapter 4 because even Jesus was led by the Spirit. In Matthew, Luke, and Mark all record, right before Jesus went out to do his start, his ministry, the Bible says he was led or driven into the wilderness to be tempted by the, by the enemy, by the Holy Spirit. So Jesus was led by the Spirit. 
We know that we are, are commanded to live according to the Holy Spirit. That's what Paul gives a whole teaching in Romans chapter 8, verses 1 through 13. He gives a whole teaching on being led by the Spirit. And not living according to the flesh and not setting our minds on the things of the flesh, but setting our things on things above. He teaches us that we're, we're commanded to live by the Spirit, by, by the Lord. But also that the Holy Spirit produces evidence of his presence. In Galatians chapter 5, verse 23 to 25, there are causes the fruit of the Spirit, or the evidence of the Spirit. And he lists some things and says, hey, if you're trying to figure out if you have Spirit in you, this is what you should see. And he uses the terminology fruit because fruit, fruit represents whatever. If you go, if you plant a tree, that tree produces the fruit that was in it already. You cannot go out and plant a pear tree and pray it becomes apples. It had to be apples when you put it in the ground. And therefore, he said, the spirit produces certain fruit when he's in us. Once again, effect. So then also he is our helper, our comforter. Jesus used the term uh, interchangeably. Uh, the, the, the translations use it interchangeably. Helper or comforter. The word can be translated either way. But a helper, one who helps out. There with you as a companion, a comforter is there who may go, it's going to be okay. Peace that what surpasses all understanding. How? By the Holy Spirit in us. God comforts our heart by his spirit. Amen? So we understand that he, that he comforts and he helps us. But today now I want to move forward to the next part of this, this series of lessons. And I want to talk to you about the impact of the Holy Spirit. The impact of the Holy Spirit. So we've looked at the presence of the Holy Spirit. We've looked at the, excuse me, the influence of the Holy Spirit. Now we're going to look at the impact of the Holy Spirit. Turn to Galatians chapter 5. Galatians chapter 5. Galatians chapter 5, verse 22 through 24. Galatians chapter 5, verse 22 24 reads as follows. It says, but the, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance, against such as those. So Paul said, listen, he said, these things, there is no law against doing these things. Against such there is no law. That the fruit of the Spirit, the Holy Spirit will never cause you to do something that is unlawful. He's never going to cause you to do something that is against God's word. So, so he says, the fruit of the evidence of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance, against such there is no law. But here's the verse that I want to point out too, verse 24. He says, but there for those who are Christ's, have crucified the flesh with its effects and its lust. For those who are Christ, those who have been born again, who's taken on Christ, he said, they have crucified the flesh with its affections and its lust. So then here we have the fruit of the Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit, we must understand that the fruit of the Spirit so when we think about fruit of the Spirit, think, think in these terms. That fruit represents the evidence of the Holy Spirit's free reign in one's life. The Holy Spirit cannot produce fruit where he does not have the reign to do it. 
Yeah. I want you to let that settle in. The fruit of the Spirit, you cannot produce the fruit that comes of Him unless He has the opportunity to impact you in such a way that He can produce those fruit in you. Because the reality is, Paul explains in this fifth chapter that the flesh is lusting against the spirit, the spirit against the flesh, and the two are contract. The one with the other. I want to show you something because I want to show you another, uh, I, I, this, this translation that I quoted was from the King James, but I want to show you where, where some of these terms change in the New King James. I want to show you what the fruit of the spirit is, love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness. Now in the New King James it says kindness. It translates that, that, that Greek word there to kindness. But watch this. Goodness, faith, but wait a minute. Faithfulness. See, the thing is, when you, when, when you say God put something in your heart to do, and two, two days later you want to quit, that wasn't the spirit. <laughs> I feel like the Lord is saying to me the No, he, you heard him right the first time. There is no wait. Time is winding down. Time is winding up. There is no waiting. What are you waiting on? People are dying and going to hell. God's trying to use you to bring them to Christ. There is no wait. Here's how it works. Uh, I mean, I'm standing in line uh, at the store, and, and, and I was about seven or eight people behind. And then another line opened up. And the young lady said, line seven is open. No wait. And I moved over to the no wait line. If we understand that God is trying to work his work in the earth, bringing men unto himself, and that Jesus is Christ, Jesus Christ's return is soon to be coming, then we must recognize that we must move out of the wait line because lane seven is open. No waiting. to do more than that, but the governor said, no, you don't go past this. 
Here's the thing. The Holy Spirit is a governor in the blood of the believer. And what he does is that you get ready to say, you still know how to bust, but when you get ready to say that,
Or did you just learn church? Oh, I love to do it. I, I got to do it because, watch this. You might know all there is to know about your favorite actor. Your favorite ball player, your favorite athlete, your favorite singer, whoever they be. And you may know everything from their childhood to their adulthood. And you see them somewhere, you want to say, I know everything about you. And they'll look at you and say, but I don't know you. And Jesus says, not everyone says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. And many will say in that day, Lord, have you not prophesied, cast out devil, done work to your name. He says, and then I will declare to them, I have never known you. Here's the thing. You know about Jesus, but does Jesus know you? See, because anybody can pick up any book and learn the subject. You can pick up the Bible and learn the subject of the Bible, but you don't know the one who is the Bible. Because he said the word became flesh and hope the mother. Jesus is the epitome of God's word. And he said, you don't know me. You know me, but I don't know you. See, God is not going to be interested in how much you know about Jesus. See, when you stand before the judgment seat of Christ, and he's sitting there on his throne. When you come up, you're going to be just like them. You're going to come up and say, hey, Jesus, I know all about you. Boy, I know all of you. I, I, I done read the Bible from front of that. He said, but however, I would declare to them, I don't know you. Now, here's the thing. He says, I have never known you. This is important because, see, there are people you knew when you were a kid. And if you ran into them today, you may not recognize them. But then they, you remember me, don't you? We were in Miss Cunningham's class in third grade. Said, oh, that's you. Watch it because, see, you have known them even though you've forgotten them. Watch it. He says, I have never known you. Depart from me. You say, Pastor, that's pretty harsh. Why would Jesus do that? Why would he let me serve and be all in the church shouting and jumping and in the, in the, in the store dancing there? He said, because he told us a parable about the tares and the wheat. He said that, that the tares are, are planted by the, by the enemy, planted right in the church uh -huh. among the other Christians. The, the wheat represents the children of God. The tares represent those planted by Satan in the church. He, says, he said, but let the tares and the wheat grow together, lest when you try to pull up the tares, you will pull up some wheat. See, the reason Jesus will let you wait till you stand before him before you find out whether he knows you or not, because if you let, you take somebody with you. And that somebody you would take really loves Jesus. So he says, I care enough to let my wheat stay there and let you grow. And I, and I pray that while you're there, you find and hear the truth. Be born again. Oh, okay. Pastor. Oh, why have you been so harsh today? Oh, I'm just preaching the word. Jesus said, you think I came to bring peace? He said, I came to bring a sword. He said, I came, I came to bring, put, put mother against daughter and father against son. He said, Jesus, what are you talking about? Because he said, there are those who will believe and those who won't. And that score will divide the two. Yes. And when you say, I really truly love God, somebody might get mad. Yeah. Yeah. Mama might say, Boy, easy, come on, 
says, honor your father and mother, but your days may be longer than That's right. Amen. Amen. You can't be disrespectful and expect God to bless All right? You can't be disrespectful, disrespectful to your mother and expect for God to bless you. Okay? Y'all, they didn't get it. You can't be disrespectful to your mother and father and expect God to bless you. Okay, now you got it. You can't be disrespectful to your mother and father and expect God to bless you. You're grown. Yes, you are grown. So go grow and be grown. Don't stand in your house. Don't stand in your house. Don't stand in your house and be grown. Okay, mama, we're going to disagree. I love you. But that's not slamming doors. It ain't hanging up. It ain't burning rubber out down the street. Walking out quietly, okay? My, my parents lived with us for seven, for seven, almost seven years. I was the man in the house. My mom and dad were there, my wife was the woman in the house. But at not, at not one point would they ever tell you that I dis disrespected them. I never came in and said, I'll put y'all Why? Because the Bible says, honor your father and mother that your days may be long on the earth. See, I want to live a while, man. I'm all practicing. You know I'm always teaching no matter what. Let's go on. Here we go. We're back into this. The impact of, I know I'm not, I'm not off track. That's what the Lord wanted you to hear. Because see, somebody here, you've been at odds with your parents, and you think they're wrong, but God is telling you to humble yourself down and go back and apologize and get that thing straight. And watch this. And some stuff that God has not released unto you because you won't get it straight. I'm going to move on because the Lord telling me to move on, but I'm not staying here. Come on, and come on, keep your mind straight. Come on. Watch this now. Look at 24. Galatians 24, 5 24 here. Let me show you this. He said, and they that are Christ is what? Have crucified the flesh with the affection of love. He said, those who are Christ, you gotta be, you gotta be uh, crucified. So then we understand from that that you gotta die to some things. See, most people have lost track of this when they come to Christ. They forget about Galatians chapter 2, verse 20. Turn to Galatians chapter 2, verse 20. Real quick. Galatians, we're already in chapter 5, go to chapter 2. Galatians chapter 5, verse 20, two, chapter 2, verse 20. Look what it says, I have been crucified with Christ, watch this, and it is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. But watch this now, and the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself. He said, he said, when you come to Jesus, you can't still be you. People all on doing do the whole sermon on keeping it one on. I'm gonna keep it one on. Because they haven't read this. They haven't read this. You can't keep it 100 because what's in you ain't one percent wrong. Paul says there is no good thing in this flesh. How you gonna keep it going on? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Watch, you gotta put the tongue in it. I'm gonna keep my heart. <laughs> when you get saved, you better get 100% saved. Yeah. Amen? Yeah. Because when people say that, they say that they, to give themselves leeway to keep on cussing God. Yeah. I'm saved, but don't mess with me. Yeah. 
I just keep it 100. <laughs> <laughs> but see, Paul was teaching upon something that Jesus taught. Look at, turn to Mark, real quick, Mark chapter 9, chapter 8, I'm sorry, chapter 8, verse 34, Mark 8, 34. You know what, I'm going to say time, write it in your notes, I'm going to just pull it on up. Mark 8, 34. He said, and when he had called all the people to himself, also with his disciples, he said to them, whoever desires to come after me, what they have to do? Let them deny himself. Wait a minute. Take up what? The cross represents death. He says, you got to, when you, if you don't follow me, you got to be dead. You, you can't be all 100 of you. <laughs> so you got to die to yourself. And, and watch this now. Luke records something that Mark did. Mark was rushing through, and Luke took his time and, and laid something else out. Because something else Jesus stressed in that when he said that. He stressed something that is critical for all of us on a daily basis. Luke chapter 9, watch this, 9 to 23, look what he says. In Luke chapter 9, 23, he says, you must die. You got to get on that cross every day. Oh, oh, oh. He said, then he said to them all, if anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross. What? Amen. You got to get up there and die every day. Yeah. And say, Jesus, today I surrender my life to you. Yeah. yeah. My, I, may my, my words be yours. My way be yours. My thoughts be yours. Yes. But see, the only way that that, you can only die to yourself with some help. So the Holy Spirit is the great crucifier. Because watch this. The works of the flesh are this. So the evidence of the Holy Spirit, when, when, you, when you're working in your flesh, it's evidence that the Holy Spirit is not, is not being the governor in your life. That he's not governor of what's going on. He's been put in your house, he's been put in this house, your body, your spirit, your, 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 your body, that he might govern over you. But when I work the works of the flesh, he says, listen, I'm not, I'm not in control. I'm not the one guy in here. But Paul, before he gets to the fruit of the Spirit, in that fifth chapter, go back to Galatians 5. Look at verse 19. Let's start there. Galatians 5 and 19. He said, now the works of the flesh are evident. He said, he said this, is, this is clear. Evident. He said, this is evident. Here's what the flesh is. Now, now, let me say this because I want to clear this up. A lot of things that we, 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 we charge to the devil are not, is not the devil. And I said this Tuesday night, I'll tell you, say it again to you today. You, you, we say this a lot, we, and it's true. We say, the devil's busy. Anybody ever said that? Raise your hand. You ain't going to pass that. I promise. Every hand is up. The devil's busy. You know why he's so busy? Because he's not working that hard. He's not working that hard. Do you realize when you when you are the most busy is when you're good rested up? Yes. They tell you, go get you some rest. They give you they give you two weeks, sometimes a whole month off for the year, so you can go rest and come back rejuvenated, so you can be refreshed to do your job, right? He's so busy because he's not that busy. He's not, he's not working at all. Because Paul says the works of the flesh, he said, the flesh, this is what the flesh wants to do. Satan just has to, all he has to do is come and just give you the thought and go. Yeah, that's right. He's not there. He's 
You know how I know that's true? Because of this verse, watch this. He said, the works of the flesh are this, a daughter. Notice it, said, it didn't say the work of Satan. The works of what? Your sinful human nature. This is why the Holy Spirit is so necessary because this is what's in you. This, this flesh wants to do wrong. Yeah. You don't believe it. Um, why is it harder to do right than it is to do wrong? Because your flesh wants to do it. Here's what, what Paul said. He says, the spirit is willing. <coughs> but the flesh is weak. The flesh is saying, no, no. The Holy Spirit says, stop looking, man. Go on. You know you can't look and ain't not touch. You ain't never looked at nothing they touch. <laughs> it's evident from your diet. You know, you go, you can't go on a paper. You got to get the just you. It's just lunchtime. You come out of with a dozen. You go. <laughs> and then you still pump. You still look. Because it's in the work of the flesh is what? Adultery. Fornication. You say, hey, listen, I'm single. Let me help you with this. Let me, let me, help, let me help you with, let me help you with this uh, single Victoria's Secret shoppers. <laughs> you bought it to be seen. If you buy enough of it, you're going to show it to somebody. That's right. Oh, but the world tell you, oh, you just need to feel sexy. When you feel sexy, you feel sexual. When you feel sexual, you're going to have some sex. But you're not there. Oh, oh. Let me go over here and help you, brother. Y'all got a big man over here, man. Y'all know what I'm saying. Come on, brother. Yeah. 
everybody to see the practice until they want to take it. Amen? Let's get over here. Let's just finish up. I'm just trying to help you understand something. Because see, this is what happens is, when you feed that flesh, it becomes the controller. And the Holy Spirit cannot walk in that because he doesn't have enough authority in your life. So the enemy knows that your flesh works this way, and so he keeps making sure you keep the appetite fed so that the Holy Spirit cannot produce the fruit in you. You've been wondering, why can I ever draw close to God? Because I'm just for flesh. As long as you keep feeding that flesh. We've been together for, for five days. That's five days. That's how it is today. You know how that's true. Convert that first day. It wasn't even really a day. We didn't even go into the restaurant. We just went to the drive-thru. Because he was rushing to the end. He won't waste no time sitting in McDonald's. He's going to go to the window. So what you want? What? What? We just share a Big Mac. I mean, just. Is it okay to 
He's supposed to just live with the person you're married to, right? Right. Well, he said there's no, no scripture in the Bible that says shack. And I said, right. But the problem is, when you have easy access, you go access. I don't care if you got two bed, a two bed room. One of them ain't going to get you at least once a week. Amen. <laughs> He did his room, I did mine. Until the time comes. Amen. Because all you need to do is be laying there. And this comes to your mind. Boom. 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 You were halfway sleeping and said, I I live according to the flesh. I live according to the spirit. Amen. 
Matthew, I almost done it. We did it just a few more minutes. And Jesus said it this way. Here's what he says in John chapter 6. Write this down. John chapter 6, verse 63. I pray that you're blessed. That you're being blessed by this. Look at this. John 6 and 63. Gospel John chapter 6, verse 63. It says, It is the spirit that quickens. I use the King James Version because in the King James it says the word quickening. The flesh profits nothing. Notice that word. I want you to see that one line. It says the flesh profits nothing. The flesh will never benefit you in any way. That's why the Holy Spirit calls it walk in the spirit. You walk in the lust of the flesh because that flesh, it profits you nothing. The words that I speak, they speak their life. So Paul, so God is saying, here John, John before Jesus said, it's the spirit that quickens. That word quickens means this. It means to spring forth, to become animated. It means to revitalize. It means to, 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 to stimulate, to excite, to arouse, to stir, to activate, to galvanize, to inspire, to kindle, to invigorate, to revive, to revitalize. That's the Holy Spirit in us. He brings all that to you. That's why he said the fruit of the Spirit is joy. Because when the Holy Spirit is in you, he can bring you to a place of being inspired enough to have joy. Peace. Long-suffering. Gentleness. Goodness. Faith. Meekness. Temperance. Against such there is no law. So when I conclude with this, so the fruit of the Spirit, there it is. But the fruit of the Spirit is love. Love who? Love God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your soul, with all your strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. Joy. See, he says, the Bible says, the joy of the Lord is what? See, God keeps you joyful. It's not, I'm not talking about happy, I'm talking about joy. Joy unspeakable that you can walk, you can be in the midst of crying and still feel an inner sense of joy and peace that God has given to you. Peace. See, I don't have to run around and chase after everything that comes my way because God settles me down. Yeah. Gives me a peace. That's a path for understanding. Watch this. Long suffering. I'm patient with others because God is patient with me. Yeah. And it reminds me of how much he has been patient with me. Yeah. It causes me to be patient with others. Watch this. Gentleness. Sometimes you just have to deal with people like you want to be dealt with. So harsh and, and condescending to people. That's not gentle. That's not kindness. Look at this. Goodness. Just doing things because it's the right thing to do. The Bible says goodness and mercy will follow us all days of our life. And yet we don't carry much goodness with us. Faithfulness. Stop and start all the time. Only in your sixth month here, you've been on, been a reader, a choir, helped in a nursery, been on the youth team. Now you're just on the pew. Hey, this is six months. Lord, Lord, how's it going to be after uh, ten years? You might be in a priest a while. Faithfulness is about the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is saying, "Hey, no, keep going. You can make it. This is this is God's work. This is eternal work. This is the great God working in you to complete His work." Under the mighty hand of God, and do what? Exalt you in due time. And then finally, 
temperance or self-control. Being able to be temperate. Because everything that you feel you should do shouldn't be done. And sometimes it feels exactly right for you to do it. And yet the Holy Spirit says that is all wrong. Impact of the Holy Spirit. Stay to your feet. 